Dish from Waitrose is an SE Creative Studio production. Fizz Beyond Carbonated Water. Introducing the Infizz Fusion by Sage. Carbonate a refreshing strawberry wine cooler or a homemade lemonade like never before. Infizz. And release. Infizz your flavour. Sage, the Infizz Fusion Carbonator, available in a range of Lux colours exclusively at John Lewis. This podcast may contain some strong language and adult themes. Oh, hello, and welcome back to Dish from Waitrose. This is Series 4, and I'm Nick Grimshaw. And I'm Angela Hartnett. That's right! <laughs> Hi, Ange. Hi, Nick. How are Series you? Series 4. Who thought it? You thought it'd be one. <laughs> and you actually thought it'd be one episode. I did. Yeah. When we were downstairs having our speed dating, mm-hmm. talked about toast and bonded. I thought, oh, it's one episode. She said bonded. <laughs> and now here we are, series four. Indeed. But we should say thanks to everyone for listening, shouldn't we, really? Yes. Because that's, I guess, why we're still here. They could have been this off. Yeah. Um, so the reason that we get to do this and hang out every week and eat really nice food that Angela's made, I was going to say we as a collective audience, but just me, yes. um, is because everyone listens to it. So thank you yeah, so much. Thank and you. we get dead nice messages, don't we? Lovely and messages. Comments from people in the street as well. And I was, I was with one of the main producers, uh, Sam. We were mm-hmm. at a festival together and everyone kept coming up. I don't know how they knew that Sam was producing Dish and stuff, but they kept going up to her going, we love Dish, we love Nick, we love Andrew. She kept going up to her going, you hate this, don't you? you Everyone loves this. it. <laughs> it's Everyone loves it. She is, but I'm telling you, people love it. So thank you all for listening and being a great audience. We yeah, do we joke you. that you hate it, but no, in all honesty, she does. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we are kicking off Series 4 with a really, really big guest and a big Quiet, day. shy retiring. A shy guest. Yeah. Do you know what it feels like today at Dish? What Radio 1 used to feel like when like Lady Gaga came in. Wow. And everyone is just a little bit weird. No yeah. one's like nervous. I can't even put my finger on it, but there's just like, there's a presence. There's an energy. About, there's an energy. And the energy is for... Da, 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 Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. He is joining us today. I feel really excited about it, but I'm really interested in your relationship with Gordon because we've always talked about mm. it, but yes, I've never lots. like got into it. So there is a nervous energy sort of brewing in the air yeah. from me and from the crew. What mm. about from you, Ange? Not asked? No, no, we're doing a lovely dish for Gordon. Mm. Lovely crab linguine. I know he likes crab and I know he likes pasta. He won't eat a lot, I pretty much, because he's very... Gordon looks great. I mean, he's super fit, runs marathons, cycles bloody miles every day. So, and he's very good. I always felt he's very measured. Whenever I used to go out with Gordon, and even now when I go, I know Gordon will drink the water and sparkling water. I'll be there, "Ah, ah, ah," you know. So, I'm the unmeasured one. Gordon's more measured. Yes, because I always think chefs are in a really nice way, like the chefs that I've met either through friends or through you or through meeting them on dish. Yeah. The lifestyle to me, I love like the late night, yeah. the like wine, the sort of like chaos of it all. But Gordon to me feels like, can't imagine him like on a night out on the wine. He has been and we have been out on many nights out on the wine. But I think now, we're, you know, we're all a bit older. He's got kids, works a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a busy boy. 
busy boy. So he's here with us because yeah. uh, he loves us. But also he's going to be here to promote his new book called Restaurant Gordon Ramsay. Indeed. Which is a sort of mammoth book that he just released. He has a restaurant empire. What do you most want to chat to Gordon about today? I just like hearing Gordon tell stories because he makes me laugh. I just giggle away. But I went for a recent opening. He reopened the Savoy Grill. And I hadn't seen his kids in ages and they all came, Jack, Holly, Megan and Tilly. I hadn't seen them for years. And actually they were brilliant because they just came up and they were, and Jack was going, Ange, it's so good to see oh. you. And he goes, here's my girlfriend and where's Neil? I think I did text Gordon after. I just wanted to say, I said, you've got brilliant kids and you and Tana have been amazing parents. They have. Yeah, very much like your mum and dad. They're absolutely grounded. Mm. You know, when I've been round there, you know, Gordon will go, just clean the bath out. You know, there's no like 20 house... Keepers or anything. It's, you know, Tana does the cooking, kids lay the table. So it really, he's got great kids. That's so a compliment. That, it's isn't a very it? good That's compliment. That's probably the compliment. Yeah, no, it? he's good. So, no, and ask out his mum. I haven't seen her in a while. But yeah, no, it'd be great, just great to get him to tell us some stories. I don't even know if it's stupid to say this, but this may contain some strong language. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay's on. We are used to having culinary royalty around this table in the form, obviously, of Dame Angela Hartner. Uh, but today's guest, such a famous chef, like so famous, that we took to Google to look up some of the nicknames and titles that he has been appointed, from the Iron Chef to the Grill Wizard. Uh, but Grill my personal favourite, the Godfather, it can only be <laughs> the man, the legend, Mr. Gordon Ramsay! Thank you. Hi, Thank Gordon. You. Good to see you both. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, by the way. Pleasure. Thank Our you. pleasure. I'm more pissed off that you didn't ask me earlier. Listen, when we started <laughs> Dish, I was like, obviously, Gordon. And you did say Gordon. I did, yes. I think you, I the invite Sam. was there. Sam. It's Sam. Go Sam. And your schedule. You yes. said, Gordon f***ing blur. <laughs> Um, first of all, congrats on season four, by the way. Thank, thank you. you. Brilliant. Pretty thank brilliant. You. And happy birthday, guys. Oh, Come thank on. you. Happy birthday, Anne. Nick, when's your birthday? My birthday's August 14th. Right. So... How old are you in August? I was 39. Wow. Big still. Right. Yeah, still. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> 40 this time next year. This is the big I'll one. I'll tell you to go to Ramsey, restaurant go oh, yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, there yeah, we go. It's a How are you? How is life? Yeah, well, good, thank you. Yeah, yeah. just um, come back off the most amazing holiday in Cornwall with the kids and just, it's a little solace down there. It's just uh -huh. the perfect escape. Great ingredients, yeah. great weather, and just, yeah, amazing. Tana makes you switch off, doesn't she? She, she does. blocks it, and he's not allowed she, to do anything. She takes except... the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Phone yeah. goes in the safe, and that's it. So, yeah. no, Jack was there, Megan was there, Holly was there. Nice. Uh, Tilly, Oscar, how, and so... How big is he now? Oh, don't, honestly. Yeah. I mean, he's four. Yeah. First day at school, a couple oh. of weeks back. Yeah, disaster. Wow. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> didn't want to wear Well, I didn't want to wear his blazer. <laughs> right. He said, Dad is too f***ing itchy. <laughs> <laughs> and he said the food shit. <laughs> I said, son, BYO. He said, what's that mean, Dad? I said, bring your f home. <laughs> so he's got his own lunchbox now that yeah. goes to school. It's oh. all bread. He's got his finger oh. sandwiches. And, yeah. <laughs> do you do the lunches? Do you do a sandwich? Uh, Tana's good at that in the mornings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm normally out by the time those uh -huh. sandwiches yes. get done. Uh -huh. So uh, it's well, very weird going back again uh -huh. because having four amazing kids and then a 15, 16 year gap and then another mm. one, I promise you, you get your shit together. <laughs> And so everything you did wrong first time round, you do yeah. so much better. Yeah, you're yeah. on it. 
But now he's growing up at such a rate of knots that he's sort of, he's like mm. a little adult at four because, you know, he's got four big siblings that he sort of answers to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. And actually, I was just saying to Nick before you came in, I said, we were at the Savoy launch. I hadn't seen the older kids for mm. ages, Megan, Jack, you know, Holly and no. Tilly. And I said, it was absolute credit to you. It's like, they're, they're incredible kids. I know you said you made mistakes, but honestly, other things you might have screwed up. Yeah. Your kids you have yeah. a daughter. Your kids are great. Yeah, in, in-laws. Um, I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I'm incredibly proud. And Tana is an ex-school teacher from Montessori, yeah. and that's quite a hard-ass unit. And so, Don't mess with her. No, I and mean, also there's no, there's no passport to having that kind yeah. of sort of insight to these kids. And having a son as a Royal Marine commando and a daughter as a police officer and Holly into fashion and Tilly at uni. And so we didn't even have a degree growing yeah. up. And so Megan was the first one that went to uni and got a degree. So that was quite a big moment. So, yeah, I'm going to put that down to... Great teamwork. And <laughs> yeah. even from an early age with the girls, you know, I said, look, on their ninth, 10th birthday, the earlier you tell me, the more I can do. Mm-hmm. Yes, daddy, yes, daddy. And they just ignored you. Mm-hmm. But when they got to 12 or 13, when that teenage pressure came on, all of a sudden it connected. Dad can have a word. Yeah. Remember he said to me, the earlier you tell me, the more I can do. So that's been an amazing experience. So Oscar's going to benefit. Yeah. But I've got a little secret. <laughs> no. Tana, Tana. So conspiratorial. No, 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 seriously, seriously. I mean, yeah, go on. Tana wants another one. No. Oh, yes. No, that's, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of kids. <laughs> but now the other ones have grown up, actually, you've only got one. It's yeah. two minibuses. Yeah. It's, it's like going to school, going out for dinner in two buses. Yeah, yeah. And secondly, I'm going to be the oldest f- at school. <laughs> Who's your granddad? And what about sports day? Oh, yeah. Or the egg and spoon race or that sack that they still make you jump in. What, what am I going to do? So uh, I'd love another one, but oh, yeah. no, I mean. Yeah, I mean five's enough. Probably. Five is enough yeah. for five, now. Five, round up five. five. Yeah. Just yes. the five. Plus Just the, the dogs. Five. Plus the extended yeah. family. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. There's a yeah. lot going on. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I've been dead excited you're coming on today because I fan of you, Ovs, but also I'm really interested in your relationship. And for people that listen to Dish will know that you guys go way back. But oh some God. people might be listening to this for the first time and have no idea about the Angela Gordon relationship. Talk to me about how it began. I actually don't know how it began. Like, what was the first time that you guys met? I went for a job interview. Yeah. And I was made to pick spinach and make... Marcus, of course, Marcus made me do all the crap jobs. Yeah. Confi shallots. Um, can you listen to my side now? <laughs> it, uh, I thought I was the guest. <laughs> I don't look at you like someone who picks spinach and chops shallots. You're way better than that. Um, it was a trial. Angela came into that basement kitchen at Aubergine like a freaking tornado. <laughs> And it was the first one that was studying for a degree. I think it was Cambridge Uni or you yeah, know, some yeah. uni. And Cambridge so Poly, yeah. All yeah. of a sudden we had this incredible articulate female in the kitchen that was just on it. Mm. And I think back then it was brutal. The hours were ridiculous. It was 16, 17 hours a day. And we had one tiny team. We were down in the sort of arse end of Fulham uh, in this little tiny restaurant basement with a dilapidated kitchen. It was incredibly tenacious but difficult Mm. and we just got through it Mm -hmm. but Angela was the first individual that was such a fast learner got it first time and we didn't have any girls in the kitchen yeah it was only me yeah and then a tiny brigade of six but it was just that amazing moment where the sort of the attention span got stronger and when Angela got it the boys had to get their act together quickly because they couldn't be seen to be behind us. So, yeah, we go back a long way. Did yeah. you feel the pressure of being the only girl in the kitchen? No, to be honest, 
place. Gordon was actually quite protective of me because I was the only girl in the kitchen. We had this thing that he'd always say to Marcus, who was the head chef at the time. He'd go upstairs, we'd finish it. Gordon always sent all the food and the last dish went out and he'd go upstairs to see customers or see Jean-Claude. And he'd go, tell Angela, finish, clean down, get home. Go you know, home. I don't want to get in late or missing the bus or anything. And I didn't like that because I wanted to be part of the team and I didn't want to be treated differently. And eight, two or three, and Marcus would go, will you just go? Because otherwise I'm going to get bollocked. You know, yeah, she just wouldn't leave. I went leave. And then one time I literally followed him in the restaurant and Marcus was like, what is she doing now? Amazing. And Gordon just goes, sit down. And I just said, Gordon, please stop sending me home. I don't like it. I want to be part of the team. And he never did. And I regretted that for the rest of my time. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three weeks in, you're like, hang well, on. I want to go home now. <laughs> the alternative was send her home, picking spinach on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And so... <laughs> But I think it was such a lovely mix yeah. because we went to Hell and Back mm. and there was that moment and it was like mm. we knew we were onto something special. Yeah. Yeah. We were making headway. My man and management skills were something to be desired at the time. <laughs> <laughs> they were shit. I'm talking really bad, but really bad in a way that, listen, I didn't know how to run a business, but I knew how to cook. I yeah. was fresh, I was come back from France. We'd gone through this trajectory from this tiny little neighbourhood bistro mm. into this amazing two-star restaurant. And from Tony Blair back then as a guest, you go back to sort of Michael Hutchins and those sort of yeah. crazy noughties. Mm -hmm. You know what that's like mm -hmm. in terms of what that was prolific for. And Aubergine was that sort of front and center, incredible little powerhouse restaurant that was rubbing the shoulders of all the sort of two and three star heavyweights. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, we made headway and talent was created. <laughs> and spinach was picked and schlots were chopped. And shots were chopped. <laughs> and I did you, other things. Did it feel like, you know, that at the time that it was a really exciting place to work and were you aware of like the, you know, the weight of that restaurant, that place? Oh like yeah, that? because yeah. you were the one that was in the headlines, Gordon was in the headlines, yeah. in the papers, we were getting all the reviews. You couldn't get a table for love nor money. No. You couldn't, we were full lunch and dinner. And we did do six days a week. So when you sort of went out on a Sunday and you saw other people and people going, where are you working? You'd go to the aubergine. And they'd go, <sighs> literally. And I had friends, because this is why I think Gordon sort of liked me, because I treated like Gordon like my friend as much as my boss and my mm. sort of mentor. But, you know, we did, not we had a reputation, but because we worked so many hours and people would come and they'd spend a couple of weeks and they couldn't hack the hours, really. That no. was it. And no. then the yeah. hours were as... As, as hard Brutal. as that 16, 17 yeah, hours. So what was the schedule? Getting at what time? I don't need the full day. But like you'd get in at getting what, like seven? Seven, seven? seven in the morning. 7, yeah. And then to what? Midnight. Yeah, earlier. Saturday yeah. was later. And, yeah. you know, we would close Saturday lunchtime and all day Sunday, but it was brutal. I mean, literally brutal. But there was something quite unique about that dominant mm. team of six because mm -hmm. it was just this incredible DNA that was part of that foundation that went on yeah. into Rolos Road. And, you know, here we are today, 25 years later, but very few made it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's no different to, you know, the Premier League in terms of you see that 11 every Saturday, every Monday, every Friday night, but behind them there's another 40, 50 players that mm. sometimes are on those books that don't even get a look in because we created something unique. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, really unique. Do you remember the stress of that time of those working hours? Because what you do, you'd finish, go home, mm -hmm. get up, go, that's your total life. It's not a job where you're like, oh, I've got work tomorrow. Like, that's your life, isn't it? Yeah, you remember the stress of it all, but also you remember the great times. Yeah. And and I do remember one morning... Could I you go out after? 
Oh, on a Saturday night, I would go yeah. out. There was yeah. the great bar. You remember the Atlantic bar yeah. that Steve yeah. Terry was part of? I yeah. used to go there. I used to meet friends at two in the morning. That was my night out. And I always used to laugh on a Monday because we'd have Sunday off and Gordon would come in. We all were refreshed because also we were a lot younger. Yeah. And Gordon would come again, great weekend. And I'd go, weekend? We had Sunday off, yeah. Gordon. What is this weekend you tell me about? We've never had a weekend. But, um, but we, it was great camaraderie, you know, uh, and that's what I loved about yeah, it. And you all did in it learn. Together, yeah, and, nice. and Gordon's incredibly generous. He's been... You know, yes, it, man management was something, but what no one ever saw, everyone's seen the TV stuff, but no one ever saw it, is when you did have a bad service, Gordon would call you in the office and he'd go, right, what happened? And he'd yeah. talk you through it, tell you where you went wrong, and the next day, and he'd move on very quickly. Mm-hmm. You didn't, you know, you didn't harp on about it again. No. It was, a, that was it, you've done, you've learned from your mistake, yeah. move on and that. And people don't see that, they just see the TV. So there's mm. a lot of nurturing yeah. there. The pressure was insane mm. because outside of that bubble, we had no idea what we were creating. The place was fully booked for six, seven months in advance, and there was a waiting list three times the size mm. every night. And then, of course, the stars. We went sort of almost two stars in three years. And then, you know, Nico, Marco, Tontler, Gavroche, you know, we were sort of as good as them, but half the price. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this whole of London just sort of zoomed in on us. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was... I'd never change it for the world. Is anyone doing Aubergine the movie? So, <laughs> I'm serious. It sounds a bit phallic. We yeah. have to come up with a little, different name. We have to come up with a different name yeah. than Aubergine. I think I've seen that one. Um, how would you describe each other's style of cooking? I thought I knew Italian because of Marco uh-huh. at uh, Harvey's. Angela <laughs> nailed pasta way before we did. And so I never used the semolina route. It was always the sort of eggs and saffron to flavor mm-hmm. stuff. So that side hadn't really come out. Yeah. You kept that up your sleeve as a secret. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you be so selfish? Very selfish. Just looking ahead, getting that ambition. No. Yeah, well, no, we were doing French food, weren't we? So it was, we yeah, And it was French. a French, modern mm-hmm. French food. And it was their take on a ravioli, which was one ravioli, mm. wafer thin. Yes. Really good. Light, up. yeah, light, light very light. light. We used to put mascarpone in a risotto. Shh, I mean, you know, don't say that. You know, we... waitros have just sold out yeah. the mascarpone. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should have a little bit of bubbles action. Bit of bubbles, bit of bubbles. Because brand new series. We got Gordon on. Gordon's here, and the day we're recording it is Angela Hartner's MBELB. <laughs> Um, Hold on, why do you mention MB and OB? Because well, that's the OB what he now. does. Just, to Dame Angela Hart. Dame happy Angela, birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dame. Thank you very much. Happy birthday. Yeah. Come on, happy mm. birthday. This is the Gusbourne exclusive from Waitrose. If you want to cheers, Ange, you can get this down Waitrose. <laughs> or online. Happy um, birthday. Hey, we've also got the big Waitrose bosses. Big Waitrose well. bosses, yeah. Big yeah. Waitrose We've got Nathan and Kirsty. We've got Behave Ourselves. Yeah. And where are they sat? <laughs> Kirsty, Nathan. Oh, shit. Right there. there. Okay. That's the bosses. Yeah. So how long has the book taken? Tell us about it. This thing is accumulation of literally the last two and a half decades. Yeah. We started writing it four years ago. I never wanted to get on that bandwagon every year, just another book, another book. So it gets a little bit repetitive. This is personal. So, you know, a story of excellence. Royal Hustle Road this month celebrates 25 years, and I still go back to the moment asking Tana to sell our apartment to get the deposit for a three-year lease, which the bank wouldn't support us because there's no longevity and therefore lack of security. And I managed to convince Tana to sell our dream flat to get the deposit uh, and buy this place off, you know, Pierre Kaufman, which was an amazing deal um, because he knew I didn't have the money. And he said, look, Gordon, pay me 
half now and pay me the other half a year later, which, you know, coming from a tight ass French chef was um, (laughs) incredibly generous. (laughs) And I'd been his head chef previously, uh, and here we are today, 25 years later. So there's reflections of the beginning of the foundation set with Angela and the team at Aubergine that went into that beautiful building at Royal Ossel Roads Mm. in Chelsea. And we didn't do any flash launch. We Mm. invited 50 pensioners from the Royal Hospital Road Hospital, that amazing Mm. setup, Christmas Eve to come down. And the waiters cooked and the cooks waited. Mm. And so we did roast turkey, pumpkin soup, prawn cocktail. And these guys are immaculate. They're all dressed mm-hmm. beautifully and they come down in their buggies and then all of a sudden, four hours later, you see them zigzagging, piss as farts, <laughs> back into the hospital. Thank God no one gets pulled over with those carts yeah. because they were hammered. And that was the launch. Yeah. So the book reflects right to the beginning of it. Right. And then I think when you look at sort of, you know, Angela, the Claire Smiths, the Matt Abbeys, the foundation, there's a reflection of them in this book as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part of the unselfishness that you need to become to get these kids along the same lines. You want them to reach those heights. And I've got nothing else to achieve, you know, from a cook's point of view. Now that level of succession and teaching and mm. training and, you know, getting these kids now to be the future facing of the industry, I think is, is really important. It's a beautiful book. Thank it you. is. I've just had a beautiful whip through it as we were waiting for you to come there. And, you know, like the three stars, we do love a round of applause on this podcast, but never for three missions. Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, oh. Thank you. Three stars. And you talk about in it as well, when you got that third star, it was like yeah. winning the World Cup. Yeah, it was brutal. Again, a level of pressure that is just you know, unfathomable mm. in the general uh, scheme of things. And then you push and you drive and you know the table's in. Mm. And stupidly, a year earlier, on some lighthearted documentary called Boiling Point, I never watched it, by the way. I mean, I could have asked for anything worse because The Naked <laughs> Chef was just launched and The Boiling Point was launched at the same time. There was never two bigger opposites. And so I opened my big mouth mm. and told the crew that the Michelin in from France and it's a table of six, they got their numbers and they were like setting up cameras outside so the Michelin walked in and they did say, you didn't need to tell the world that we were in. And so they kept me waiting another year. And so that night when they had finished their dinner, asked for a word in the bar, and then everything just stopped. Everything became silent and they just said, you know, we're so pleased to uh, let you know discreetly that in the forthcoming guide, you've obtained and won three Michelin stars. And all of a sudden, they just, poof, you just melt into an absolute hot mess. And so it's quite historic. Mm-hmm. If I've learned one thing is that you don't need to be a natural to cook. You mm-hmm. can be taught. Yeah. And so... That's important for a lot of individuals out there thinking, is it my DNA? Is it because of grandma? Is it nono? Is it my uncle? No. Mm. If you really want something that much, you can teach yeah. and be taught. And where better to start than your brand new book available now? <laughs> no, <that's not. laughs> I'm joking. Stop. I'm joking, I'm joking. But the, talk me through the Michelin star ruling, because am I right in saying they don't just come like once and go, that was yum. Don't they come and like test it out and they, they like it to be consistent, right? Yeah, well, first of all, it's the consumer guide, right? Mm. So, so it's aimed at the public globally. And so every inspection is incognito. And now they don't have ties, they're super casual, they don't go for their obvious tomato juice and glass yeah. champagne. And so there could be six inspectors at one table, there could be one hosting a table of five of their friends or mates. Yeah. And so it's a very sort of modern way and, you know, they are detailed to the absolute essence and you mm. maintain stars yeah. for, 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 for 15 decades. years. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. So mm. it's about consistency. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to see 
a much bigger standard at their table. They're more concerned about what's going on left-hand side than right-hand side. So yeah. I think when I'm done and dusted with this industry, I'd like to become a Michelin inspector. <laughs> you might give it away. Well, <laughs> you'd be like, Hi, I'm Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> no, 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 but I was, I was, I was going to put those percentage oh, marks on. Yeah, yeah but exactly. On, yeah, on the yeah. show, yeah. I, I did that once when I went to Delia's uh, cookery school. <laughs> I got into so much shit. It was so funny. <laughs> I wee-weed myself because there she was uh, asking these question and answers and I had this sadly I can't be made to look younger so I got made into this old retired school teacher like 80 hobbling over I'm like dude and then they gave me a pair of breasts I'm like what the f do I want breasts okay. for no it's going to make you look older and saggy I'm like okay so I put these man boobs on and then two jumpers a cardigan and then I had a packet of cigarettes and like I went incognito and I asked Delia you know what did she think of Jamie Oliver and she said yeah he's lovely and then she takes another swig of wine and I said, uh, and what do you think about that twat Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> and she said, he's such a f asshole. <laughs> and so legally, legally, I had to then go and explain myself to her that it was me because we couldn't get it passed through the lawyer. So, and this time, Norwich was playing away at Bristol. So I then had to go to Bristol City. And I stood outside this football ground and Delia was getting rushed into this, uh, like this Bentley. I'm shouting, Delia! <laughs> She's looking around at this strange old man with this big saggy, and I said, I had to rip my mask off and unveil it was me. Oh my God. And she's she off in the car and yeah, ignored me. Yeah, like, yeah, see you later. <laughs> she's more interested in the old man. <laughs> she's like, I'm so, chatting to him. Yeah, so, him. But it, I will say this, there was something quite nice about not being recognised. I saw you do it in America as well. Do you remember they did that? So that oh, you went in the restaurant yes, where the guy yes. was dressed as you yes. and then you dressed as someone else. Yeah, that's right, no, yeah. As a customer, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. He went into pen. Yeah. But with the Michelin stars as well, once they hand out, they can take it back absolutely how long could you like potentially have it for do you know something you, i don't know no i don't i don't no, know i'm about just, to lose a star no no, no but i mean like, so they <laughs> when they say here's a star is that for like a year for 10 years a week like how long do you have that for so the guy comes out every year okay and the stars are awarded to the restaurants right. okay and so the exciting thing is that level of consistency mm -hmm. will maintain those stars so, yeah, we're 23 years of the three-star wow. uh, this year. So, Jeez. But it's down to the team, mm. trust me. It's down and to the team. It, when you say, like, consistency, does that mean as obvious as every single meal needs to be the same? Or exactly. is the experience the consistency? Combination of both. Okay. The experience, the sort of evolution, mm -hmm. and then flavour profile. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone thinks three-stars about linen, wine lists, and yeah. pomp and ceremony. It's not. It's to do with the food and the service. Mm. This guide launched in, you know, 1900. And there's these collection of these guides now that are spanning 124 years. That's unique, really unique. I love it. Talk me through the crab linguine. So you've got your crab meat, because mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to take a whole crab and cook a whole crab. I don't crab like food thing. admin. Exactly. No. Is that, I love this food admin. Anything he's got to oh, work prep. at. Yeah, prep. Wow. doesn't like prep. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. The, millennial, the millennials are <laughs> like today, honestly. <laughs> Jesus. Like, oh, God almighty. Just do sashimi. It's what easy. has happened to <laughs> you? Yeah, sashimi. It's great. Is there there. a Nobu opening up in Whitby Bay? <laughs> <laughs> so get my crab. You got your crab meat. Mate. Then in a pan, yes. uh, melt some butter, touch of olive oil, add some finely diced shallot touch of chopped chilli and garlic, cook that down, no colour, really soft. Mm -hmm. Add your crab meat, bit of white wine, and cook your pasta and toss it all together. That, that is easy. easy. There you, there you, you want to try this go. recipe, waitrose.com forward slash dish, dish recipes. recipes. Yes, and you can get all the ingredients at Waitrose mm -hmm. or online as well. Yeah, you can order them yeah. online. Well, Gordon will do the shopping for you if you see him there. Yeah, nice. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I love going into supermarkets because yeah. they look at you and think, yeah, what does that? 
What's he doing in here? <laughs> they, they must think it's like a hidden camera show. So, like, Jimmy, yeah. I always... do remember the first time. How old's Megan now? 24? Uh, Meg's 24, yes. Yeah, 24. I remember when Megan was born, and I don't think Gordon had been near a supermarket. No. And him and Marcus went off, and I remember Marcus officer calling me, he goes, it was hysterical. Neither of us knew where anything was. We had this list. We'd oh. run around like <laughs> lunatics when you get toilet paper. What do people say to you when they do see you, you know, in a, in yeah. a food environment in the supermarket? What, what do people come up to you and say? It's funny, uh, and... All jokes apart, uh, I will say the ingredients in Waitrose is second to none. Yeah. And it is stuff that we can equally buy of that quality and cook yeah. in the restaurant. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. that good. And you, yeah. you get to see the artisanal connection. And so yeah. um, I spend a lot of time in the US mm -hmm. and the supermarkets there are just off the charts. I go in there and I'm, I'm looking for some pasta, some red wine, and I come out with like a basket full of ingredients because yeah. it's just so good. There is a wine pairing with this pasta, uh, which is a Foscarino Suave Classico uh, with a drawing of myself and Angela on the label. <laughs> love that. Uh, love that, um, love but that. This is an Italian white wine, um, which goes perfectly with the crab linguine. So if yeah. you're going to make the crab linguine, you can treat yourself to a bottle of this white wine. It's beautiful, by the way. Yeah. I spent some time in Suave um, yeah. with oh, a, nice. an amazing producer called Nero Pirapan. And from the chef's point of view, you need to understand how good that balance is when you've got that wine with those yeah. pairings. So I went and did a week with him, literally before Aubergine opened. And uh, Suave, they dry the grapes to yeah. intensify the sweetness. And this is, yeah, beautiful. Delicious. Pretty good. Yeah, and the image very lifelike, I feel. Uh, very yeah, it's like a Rembrandt. Yeah, very lifelike. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Do you need some okay. help, darling? No, I'm all right, thanks. Like the good old days. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. Get you two back in the... Please. Get the band back together. Come on, yeah, exactly. Come on. Come on. Do you ever know what I really... So when Gordon used to... This will overcook the past now, but when Gordon used to read the checks, he'd read the checks out of Samaj. You never had a printed check. All these kids now have printed checks. What's the printed check? Like when they come the order. to the past? The yeah. order, yes. And he'd read the thing, and then he'd leave it by his pass. It was there. That's right. And I'm over there, and I'm thinking, have I read it? So I always used to have to use this certain knife to cut a terrine, and it was always by Gordon, so I'd always do this. So I'd basically, if I had forgotten a check, I'd run over and go, just need the knife, Gordon. <laughs> 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 But look what it's done with that knowledge. The knowledge is so vast. Because you had to, you couldn't go, what was that going Wait, I don't understand how in a kitchen that works, where you're going, two chickens, one big... I'm like, that is too stressful. Hold on a minute, two chickens. Two chickens, one two, beef, a duck. Two chickens, like... two bags of shallots, two bags of spinach. <laughs> in Paris, when I first started working for Guiseau in Paris, yeah. they'd call out the orders in French and then turn the things upside down. Oh, so yeah, I'm not no, only absorbing the ticket, it's upside down. I mean, I can speak French, but I can't write it, oh. but trying to learn it like that, Benjamin had. So what it did do was expand that knowledge. And oh. I think you got up to like three or four tables and you can Yeah, yeah you of, can. When you yeah. come, you focus. I'm sure Angela knows three or four tickets. If I trained you now for the next month, uh -huh. you'd absorb I'd have it. five or six tables okay. I do want to do a mind. night one night. I won't put this I on you that. just yet, but I do want to do a mm. night at Murano. Just That's, like, I'll do like the shallots. Can I be there with you? Please. Yeah, please. Yeah. Does she cook for you every yeah, he's yet to cook for one, series yeah. four, Seriously. and we've yet to have Seriously. Grimshaw cook yeah. one. <laughs> right, wow, Ange, what mm. have we got going on here? So we've got a lovely linguine with crab, chili, and a touch of garlic. This delicious. Smells delicious, thank you, Dan. Where's the crab Pleasure. From? So you get it, it's in the fish aisle. I've used the white meat for our lovely pasta. That is delicious, Ange, though. Bon no, delicious. Uh, really good. Mm. Oh, my God. Do you love making this? I do like making this as a mm. dish, yeah. Did you wow oh, Neil, well. your husband, over this dish? Did I wow Neil? Did I, I just wow Neil in general? I love oh, it. Did you? <laughs> I wow. Did you work with Neil? Oh, yeah, yeah many times, yeah. He discovered Neil up Neil. in Wait, Scotland. you found Neil? Yes. Neil yeah, started yeah. working for Gordon in Scotland. 
Yeah. Wait, what, 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 what? So did you introduce Angela yes. Neal? Angela got very excited about going up to Scotland all of a sudden uh -huh. and teaching the young chefs. Uh -huh. uh, and so... You're right. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. She said, uh, gee, I'm going for an R&D. <laughs> Research and development. Mm. Yes. She researched. Uh, she definitely researched. Research. And, and came back with a f***ing husband. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. This is really good. Mm. Really good. Do you like cooking for the chefs? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Some of the best people I've cooked for have been. But mm -hmm. it's always, you're still worried, don't you? Of course you do. We, I remember we had um, Paul Bacuse at the Connaught one time. We had Alan Ducasse. You know, when you've had mm -hmm. some big name chefs. Have you ever you been do. like, shit, they're here. Such a buddy's here. They come and tell you they're in the kitchen. No, 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 never. No, no. Because no. you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also... Do you ever get that, Gordon? You're uh, like, oh, oh, I think it's a badge of honour when you've got yeah. Um, yeah. chefs in the kitchen. I think the only time I was sort of a little bit on the back foot, we had Bradley Cooper training at Royals Road for the movie. Mm. And so he said, look, teach me. And I said, well, I can't teach you how to cook, but what I can teach you is how to plate. And so mm. just seeing that level of discipline coming in onto those plates, mm. you know, within a week's training was incredible because... Yeah. All of a sudden, he got it, and mm -hmm. we count down four minutes, four, three, two, one, then everything arrives on the pass, which is like your cockpit of, mm -hmm. you know, the Formula One car. Everything's there. So from the garnish, the fish, the meat, the sauce, the herbs, and it just woof, comes together. And it's like high octane, obviously, yeah. like every night when you're in there. Well, how do you unwind after that? Like, you, when you finish, how do you go from the high octane of a kitchen mm. To, you know, well, the thing I, I would always do, and I still do actually, is cycle home because uh -huh. it just winds you down. You used to run home for a while. Yeah, I got under a huge amount of pressure when we first opened Royal Hustle Road. And so my father-in-law gave me a ticket for the marathon. And at the time, I was getting quite big and I'd put a lot of weight on. So I used to finish service, uh, rucksack on, fill it up with potatoes and run home. At the time, then, it was Claridge's. And I used to run from Claridge's uh, back to Wandsworth, go down the long way around all the way down to Tower Bridge and then come back up through the embankment. And that was the sort of half 12. But it's that therapeutic moment where you've got the sun shining on the Thames and you're just running, jogging. And then, mm. you know, I remember running my first marathon. It was dark by the time I got back, by the way. <laughs> Even the hippopotamus <laughs> overtook me. <laughs> you know, you're having a shit run when the hippo takes you over. <laughs> takes and, uh, over. and then I think it was like five hours 30 for my first ever marathon. I've done 15 since and I'm now down to a 3.30. That was a while back, but that level of... Keeping fit really helps to reset everything. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I think the role of a chef today mm. is so much more prolific than it uh, was from 20 years ago because yeah. they've got to be marketing tools, they've got to be business engineers, they've got to mm. be creators. And so you've got to look the part. Did you always have like that mad discipline and drive when you were younger? Did you be like, that's it, I'm going to do it? I think that comes from a combination of, you know, a bit of a Scottish background. Mm -hmm. Mum was super hardworking growing up, watching her host three jobs. You sort of always understood that she was working hard. So that was an ethic that I took early on. And then I think the sporting connection in terms of in that team uniqueness in the dressing room, five minutes before kickoff, half time when you're down. And so kitchens are no different. You know, they need that kind of, you know, team captain spirit that's a driving force. So kitchens are exactly the same. We didn't have the distractions back then of the sort of social media yeah. implosion, which I welcome that today mm -hmm. because it keeps a lot of chefs on their toes mm -hmm. when a shot goes viral. Mm. and it's sent to the other side of the world within minutes. And so I love getting those feedback, especially yeah. the, the, the shots. The chefs are the worst, by the way, when they come to the restaurant. They sit there, they look at the food, they analyse it, and then they look, what's the plate, who made that? <laughs> That's true. Then it's ice cold, then they send it back to be reheated. So 
I think it's important for customers to take pictures because that's what they're paying for because mm. they want to go through, mm. like in the theatre, that memory of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Murano yeah. or Ross yeah. Road yeah, yeah, yeah. and flick through the camera mm -hmm. um, and look at those amazing shots. And it's an event, you know, it's a night yeah. out, it's an amazing it is. it's an event. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear from one of our listeners right now, Lou. <laughs> Lou says, I'm enjoying the challenge of trying new dishes and I wanted to ask which dish took you the longest to master and do you believe you've truly mastered it? Was there anything either of you were like, I can't do this bloody whatever? The Wellington. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This is something that was almost forgotten about uh -huh. in the sort of 70s, 80s, and then it sort of got bastardized, and then it just didn't come back. So when we opened Claridge's mm -hmm. uh, and Angela was opening the Connaught, it was just this amazing opportunity to reestablish the traditions, and the fillet of beef Wellington was just this centerpiece that was mm -hmm. just majestic. And it can be for a one mm. top, it can be for a six top, an eight top. You can do them for 12 people at a time. And so mastering that and perfecting the duxelle and searing that beef and then that beautiful, rich, amazing puff pastry. So yeah, I'd say the Wellington. Oh, love a Wellington. Carved mm. table side. Yeah. It was, it's, it's a spectacle. Yeah. And it's just, oof, it's something quite unique. Love a Wellington. Didn't you make the world's biggest beef Wellington? That was with Nick uh, in yeah. the US. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I mean, that thing was huge. Uh, it was like some f***ing elephant's toenail. It was huge. <laughs> And I saw this thing like, bloody hell. Bloody hell. I think he got like 25 Jeez. fillets into one. Wow. And, um, God Jeez. bless him. Yeah, but... I love Beef Wellington. Yeah, yeah it's so, good. Andrew, was there anything that you were like, Desserts I can't Desserts have master. always been my nemesis. Oh, really? Yeah. Seriously? I've, yeah. I've, I mean, I'm not a dessert That's person. That's your book title. Yeah, but I, you know, so things like making a great creme brulee, you know, doing a proper tatan. You know, people yeah. think they're easy, but they're not easy. No, and, God. you know, and getting it right, getting that sort of glueiness with the sweetness and the caramel and the apple. But yeah. I love them both and I think they're delicious. But yeah, and mm -hmm. not every dessert, but a few desserts have always struggled with We them, actually so. don't have time for the things that I can't master. <laughs> podcast's only half an hour. So you've actually still not been for tea. I, I would love to ask actually, Gordon, because Angela gave me some really great advice. Like I love food, I love mm. eating, I love yes. having people around for dinner and going for dinner. Yes. But I, I was quite a stressful cook. Right. Like I'd freak out if people were coming around. And Angela gave me a really like throwaway comment that yeah. but it changed how I cook. Yeah. Which was Angela said to me, it's only a bit of food, relax. There you go. It really changed like my psyche about it. She's like, no one's mm. coming around to judge your dinner. No, yeah. no, that's true. But also there's that pressure, isn't there? Because yeah. you look at the sort of come dine with me, those yeah. programs mm -hmm. and it's just like, oh my God, these guys are so competitive. I always suggest to customers of ours, cook fish. So exciting cooking fish because there's only one temperature. It's not medium, not medium yeah. rare, not where it's just cooked to perfection. 90% of the fish we know can be cooked skin side down, so it's a bit of a safety net, so you never overcook it. And keep it simple. And actually, if you see Tana when I've been around theirs for supper, she's yeah. so relaxed. Mm -hmm. yes. You know, because why should she so she's got five kids, she's got him yeah. hanging around trying to interfere, <laughs> and she's just out and she just and cooks and she chilled. just cooks something mm -hmm. everyone wants to eat, like a great lasagna mm -hmm. yeah. or a brilliant shepherd's pie. That's know? right. She's amazing. Yeah, and they're all genuine yeah. all of the recipes. Do you have any yeah. idea how how hard that is for me. <laughs> I know we spoke about the book already, but we have to speak about Restaurant Gordon Ramsay, A yeah. Story of Excellence, and um, actually features none other than dishes, Angela Hartner. <laughs> yeah, double mention in it. Double mention. Double mention. Big time. Yeah, big time. Big, big time. time. Do you want to... Uh, do you want to read this out? If you want to, Nick. Okay. Nick, we should, we should okay. dim the lights. Yeah, dim the lights. Welcome to Gordon's story. 
<laughs> it was a very odd experience because you need to be both selfish and selfless. You cannot make a successful restaurant without sharing your vision with a select few who can help create that vision. Who those people are become obvious the moment you work with them. Successful restaurants are one team, one dream. And if you don't have that, you're out of business. Among my trusted few were Marcus Waring, Angela Hartner, Mark Askew, and Mark Sargent. I couldn't have done it without them. Yes. Angela Hartner, too, was another thoroughbred, an excellent chef and manager who commanded the respect of the restaurant team at all times. She was totally dedicated, and I knew, if need be, she would come in at the drop of a hat and nail whatever task she was given. I can't stress enough how marvellous it is to have had people like her and the others I've mentioned in the kitchen. It's like your school report. Yeah. Amazing. My school report didn't read like that, trust me. <laughs> I promise you now. Amazing. And I meant every word, by the no, way. Thanks. Seriously. No, no, I've never... Like, people always... Like, some people have seen programmes go, I can't believe... I never, ever... If anyone said, would you change it? I loved the aubergine. There were times I hated it. Mm. But I the absolutely restaurant. look back and, like, say, I would never be here today without mm. Gordon. I wouldn't have been. I didn't understand the whole sort of hierarchy of a kitchen. I just thought, I work for Gordon, he's a great guy, I can talk to him like normally. Yes. And then one morning I was late, because I was always late. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then and I've got there and it's like, as we started 10 past seven, it was half hour cycle. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't got my chef's jacket. So I thought, what's to do? And I looked at Mark and I said, have got a spare one? And no. And then I see these pristine Egyptian <laughs> cotton oh, no. Gordon Ramsay chef whites hanging up in the office. Oh, no. I said, I'm going to wear one of Gordon's. And Marcus just went white. And Mark Ashley was like, you can't, you can't. I said, what do I want to do? I go home and I'm screwed. If I lose two minutes now just talking to you, I'm screwed as it is to get ready for service. If I, so I just put one on and as soon as Gordon in, I walked in. I said, Gordon, I've just put one on. Just like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he just went and he goes, no problem, darling. And then after it's the end of the day, he goes, nice, isn't it, that? Nice. Nice, 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 <laughs> I know what I want to talk to Gordon about oh, is TikTok time. Yeah. I was like, I've oh, got yes. to get on board. Angela is so anti my social media life. She is not into it at all. Really? Well, you... Only because you wake really? up and you, you, before I've even got out of bed, there's a picture of him going, hello, well, this is my pancake. And I'm like, I is don't that... care. You know, he puts oh. his life on it. Oh, do you? How many yeah. followers do you have now? Uh, on TikTok? Yes. Like, not a lot. Like, <laughs> no, nearly 40,000. Yeah, that's you've good. Got, you've yeah. got that's over good. a million on Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, I've got to get onto the but TikTok. 40,000 followers on TikTok, that's huge. I've got 40, no, sorry, 40 million on TikTok. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. And middle-aged men at my age and my weight should not be on TikTok. Yeah. But you I'm need a, to get Gordon's to do it. I know, yeah, but your, your TikTok yeah. content is fantastic. I, I yeah. thank Tilly for that, because yeah. Tilly so says, uh, Dad, you know, and I'm like, Tills, no. And so when we started... I love the dancing. And then in lockdown, you know, she was asking me to recite words, and I didn't yeah. know at the time she was taking the piss massively, and then these things went viral. And so we started doing more dancing, and then mm. she was on Strictly, and uh -huh. we started doing... Yeah. Yeah, more yeah. dancing and then she wanted to put me in a leotard with like spray tan and glitter. I said no okay I'm going to stop you there <laughs> um, but it's fun I mean mm -hmm. the amount of food now on those social mm -hmm. platforms it's so exciting yeah, and it's yeah. a sort of new generation to help with the launch of the book I went to um, Westminster College this morning uh, and spent an hour with 250 new students oh, wow. as a surprise 
And that's what they wanted to talk about, mm. the yeah. social platforms yeah. and the excitement they get for the food knowledge. And we didn't have those distractions. No. So, And I guess it is like, you know, the social media is full of problems, and stuff, but it's great access for yeah. recipes. And when you see someone doing a recipe in a minute, yes. you're like, I could do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it is something quite empowering about yeah. seeing like a food done quick yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Do you follow me? I, uh, no, don't actually. No, 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 good, because I don't need any more followers, but I'll follow you. So, <laughs> yeah. I only follow five people. I've really not got I'll, my TikTok I'll, game I'll, down. I will follow you. So yeah, I'll, I follow five people. So six, I don't even have 40,000, I have 38.9. Oh, that's, that's terrible. It's terrible. But we have to start somewhere, trust yeah. me. We do, do you know yes. what I mean? I'll be we'll nearly do a TikTok together one day. We'll do it one day. We'll, yeah. Yeah. we'll get Andrew on the phone. Yeah, come, yes. come on. Come on. Come on, Come on, it'll be good. I'll do it for you too. Thank you. You in the kitchen. Here's how to do that Murano meal in a minute. Yes. Um, Gordon, thank you so much for yes. coming to see you. Thank you for kicking off our series. Thanks for bringing us copies yeah. of your wonderful, you wonderful book, Good Restaurant Gordon Ramsay. Mm. Congrats. Um, that was fab. Thank you so Likewise. much. Thank you so thank you much. Guys. Gordon Ramsay, everybody. Thank you for doing our one. Coming up next week on Dish, we are joined by the Whitehalls. Waitrose, yes. which Michael has often accused of being the third person in our marriage. Oh, right. I spend a lot of time at Waitrose. Mm. What I love about Waitrose is that they have retained, unlike other supermarkets which are available, their fresh fish and fresh meat counter. Yes, mm. yes. Which is, I think, critical mm. to a supermarket to Essential. be able to actually get a whole fish, yeah. etc., mm -hmm. from someone who can talk to you about it as well. Yeah, you can come back again, Hillary. You can. <laughs> Details of all the delicious meals I've cooked on Dish can be found at waitrose.com slash dish recipes. All the links are in our show notes. We love reading your reviews, don't we, Ange? Ange? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep them coming and, you know, the bigger the better. Like what you hear, then share the love. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. Don't be a stranger. You can email us now. Angela is on hand, as am I, if you want, to answer any questions. Dish at waitrose.co.uk Dish is an SE Creative Studio production. Waitrose. Food to feel good about.